0: Chiki Fate. Um, My name is Grindar Paul. Um, we are bringing the second episode of the JMC Chronicles. Um, this week's topic is about mental health and this um, self-care. With um, final weeks coming at UC Davis and all around other schools too, we were we were hoping to do this episode. Um, but not only just for school, but we also wanted to do this for the climate that we live in, the world we live in today, with everybody just being. Um, Bottle it up in your house, being quarantined, uh, locked down. So, um, like I said, my name is Gurinder Paul. I'm back again. The ho- uh, today, the host will be Har Simran. So, that she will be taking over those duties. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, again, third time again, my name is Gurinder Paul. Um, my attentions uh, in life are, are to help as many people as I can, meet as many people as I can, travel, even though I can't travel anymore, which I'm so upset with but it's what it is um but i just want to meet and just learn about anything i can i think learning is the best way to live life so that's my intentions um my favorite self-care act is just to like turn everything on and just listen to music any music sometimes i just play Mm kirtan on shuffle i have a playlist i just play that in the background but i just like to like just shut everything off so i'm just like sitting and just listening to music or kirtan and that's my favorite thing to do um, I think it was Simran you were going to go after me so you can go yes
1: hi my name is Simran and my intentions are to feel happy like I want to be able to le- like live my life to the fullest potential but in a happier and positive light um, and have people who love me and support me that are around me along my journey. So as long as it's positive, as long as it's good, and has like a really good intention to it. That's just, I I guess that's what I want to keep on having in my life. And then my favorite self act is to paint. Um, I love to paint. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I literally, I can have like such a bad, Day and just like start painting, and all of a sudden, I'm happy again. Like, it's just like all the colors, the vibrance of like all the painting, and like I don't know, I just feel like I'm myself when I'm doing it. And also, just to like journal is also my favorite self act. I love doing that. It's just so much like it takes out whatever I have in my mind, even if it's like just me going blah, blah, blah on a piece of paper. I feel like it, like just needing it to take it all out on something, and then if I need to burn it or rip it up or something, just it just makes me feel much, much better.
2: Thanks, Simran, for sharing. Um, hey everybody, I'm her Simran and I am somebody who has the intention of living life full of just values and passion and also helping as many people as I can. And my favorite self-care act is just like Simran, I love journaling. Um, I actually love reading, too, and yoga is one thing that is, like, part of my daily self-care routine and also meditating.
3: Hi, guys. I'm Justy, and my intentions um, of, is pretty much living a life where I can create change. And whether it's one human being or multiple, I think I continuously thrive to meet every person. So where I leave a positive impact on their life and have changed something about their mindset to where they're more open and look at life in a very different perspective. I think, you know, when we think of woke, I think it comes from each other. So I try to, um, you know, wake people up from maybe they haven't heard about an issue or they haven't um, learned about something like mental health, especially in our Brown community. So I continuously try to do that and then just really intentionally live life when it's um, a feeling like continuously feeling everything and making sure, even if you're feeling pain, at least feel it and don't numb yourself to that. I think, um, we forget that in such a busy world. So that's what my intentions are. And they change day by day, year by year, as I get older, I continuously learn new intentions of how I want to live my life. And it's not like an overnight thing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the learning process. My self-care act, I would say, is probably creating a lot of um, art through my makeup and skincare journey. I think um, I was t- just telling the whole Jakarta team that when my like head and heart stop working, my hands start working. And I usually end up being really low or just too stressed. And the first thing I do is pick up a makeup brush and uh, pretty much go at it and see what it ends up being at the end and usually it's able to help me express myself so
2: yeah I love that answer I loved all your guys's answers okay so first question is so basically self-care results in a lot of beautiful factors one of them could be self-love or self-worth self-respect self-confidence and it's basically radiating who we are internally as well as externally So during your self-care journey, how did you embark on the mechanisms taken to truly care for yourself? And what were the hardships you faced during, you know, your self-care journey? Thanks, Harsevin, for
3: asking the question. Um, I think when it comes to just self-care, people have this like vision of self-care being very like masks and meditation and candles and um it's like something you have to do and I think we forget that you can do self-care in like any minute of the day um sometimes I'll be driving and if, if I'm already late and stuff I have to like a self-care act I do is like stop myself do like three you know deep breaths and I remind myself like it's okay if you're late intent what intention are you going with and I think that is a self-care act so just being in the moment um I guess when it came to embarking on the mechanisms taken to take care of my soul, I had a really hard journey. I was very, um, I'm very an introverted person. So I don't like talking about my feelings. So this is very new. Um, It's like, it was just always something like I'm a middle child, I'm from a Brown family and I moved to a very um, racist state. And let's be honest, being a Brown kid in a Midwest state is really hard. So I think that's truly where my journey started was to realize you're different. And then you slowly find people that empower you and people that are like-minded like you and stuff like that. And um, a lot of the hardships were just feeling lonely. And I think in those moments, as um, people we have to remind ourselves, there's generations and generations that have been through the same thing that you're feeling in this exact moment. And that's truly something that... um, encourages me to keep going and understanding that okay all my ancestors got through this there's people that are going through this in the same moment right now and to keep um, pushing through when it comes to self-care and stuff and whether it's your outlet maybe you're not creative like Simran or you know um, and you don't you don't even know how to paint but it's putting on like a new hobby and learning sometimes playing a YouTube video and learning a whole new thing, you might you might be surprised of what you're capable of. Um, my continuous thing is learning from you know the people that inspire me on different things like that. So I just am continuously learning and that's my self-care act and I think it ha- has helped me a lot in the journey of to self-love and realize who I am as a person. I learn every day something new about myself is to like, okay, I didn't like that. I liked that because other people told me I liked that. I liked that because I belonged to a certain family or a certain friends group. So a lot of it is self-realizing, I would say.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you. I feel like during my journey of self-care, I, you can't take care of yourself if you truly don't like know yourself. It's like if you like are like put into like a friendship or relationship you can't love the other person unless you actually know them so it's like the same thing with us we can't truly love ourselves if we don't really know ourselves. and so like I think the first step that I had in my journey was just reflecting like I feel like reflection is so so important because it's like I didn't know a lot of things about myself in high school like I was a totally different person in high school and I think that stems from the fact that I didn't really know who I was like I never thought that I'd be the type of person to like go to the park and read a book like if you told me in high school like that's (laughs) who I was gonna be I'd be like no way like I don't even like reading but I only thought that because I didn't really know myself so I think reflecting on like what fuels your happiness or like you know auditing your life like time auditing is important like you know like kind of just like seeing like what I spend my most of my time on. And like, if I am happy with that, if I'm not happy with that, what can I, what steps can I do to change it? Or like companion auditing, like, you know, kind of reflecting on who you, you surround yourself with and really seeing like, if these people that I'm surrounding myself with are actually like helping me grow. Like, you know, sometimes I'm just like, wow, like I can't believe I, you know, was like this person because I was this person because I spent time with people that, didn't really implement the type of mechanisms I needed to take care of myself. And I think that's really big. And it's just like, I just reflected more on like my emotions and why I feel the way I feel in certain situations. It was just really important for me to, you know, reflect first before I react to something. And so it was really vital just to reflect on what kind of person I am and what kind of person I want to be. So that's the first step to like self-care because you can't really know yourself unless you reflect on your past situations or past experiences. And once you actually really truly get to know like yourself internally, then that's when um that's when you can use what you learned to kind of help you broaden your horizons and kind of help you shape who you are now. So I think reflection is really important for self-care and that's pretty much what I have to say about reflecting. I don't know if like Simran wants to add anything or if Grander wants to add anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can talk a little bit about like my a um, little bit. So my biggest thing is when I when I first started like college out of high school, it was like I was very young, 17 years old, uh, didn't know what to do. Or I, I was 18 by that time, but I was like it was like it was like embarking on this new thing. So one of the biggest things was like it was like a college is almost like you're starting anew. For me it, it like that is actually like a fact because like most of my entire life to that point i was going by a nickname and then when i got to college i started using more like my real name and so now i try to like go like now i go by Grunther like at college you know, and try to make it like a whole thing instead of just using a nickname but like for me it was like trying to grow and it, one of the mindsets i always had was i was always thinking too far ahead like i was never present in the moment and i feel like. When you keep thinking about the future, you keep thinking what's like what's next, and not like acknowledging what you've done. Like that was getting to like my mental like like my mental health because I was like because I kept feeling like I'm not doing anything, like I'm not accomplishing anything because like my mind was only on the next thing. Like what's my next thing to do? What's my next goal? What's my next objective to do in my life? And like that was really hurting like like my mental health because I was like. I kept going in this endless circle of like okay I did something but like I'm not like I'm not acknowledging I did something or I think like I accomplished something and for me it was like I had to like I had to grow grow into that like state where I was like okay I have to stop take a pause like I have to do something to look inwards and look at like what I'm doing so like one of the biggest things for me was like I said like um, like because I, I started writing like when like somebody like told me, they were like, whenever you think like you're over your, like when you think like you're over your head or you're just not feeling yourself, just start like typing or start like writing. So like, I'll just randomly open up like a word document when I feel like the, like when I feel like I'm out of, like out of where I'm at right now, like, or I'm over my head or anything like that, and just start writing. And then at the end of it, I like, I've written, I don't read it or anything, but like, I know that like, I've, I've like, I've just sometimes I'm like when I'm writing I'm like mouthing it out so like I can hear myself talking through it and then I just delete the doc I don't I don't save it or anything it's gone so it's like I basically expressed myself out and not bottling it in and it's like that for me is like one of the biggest things I had like those that, that was one of the biggest challenges that I had when I was first trying to figure out like where I was at mentally and then like now especially like when with like quarantine and like lockdown happening it's like like, I thought it was going to get worse for me personally, because I was like, I'm just going to get stuck in the same room. I'm going to be looking at the same walls, looking at the same screen every day. But like, I was like, this is an opportunity for me to learn like new ways to help myself mentally and like self-care. And like, I've picked up like new hobbies, like I'll, I'll start like writing like poems and stuff, like actually writing like formal writing. And it's like, that was like, for me, when I was growing up, I always like, didn't I hated like writing like it was like if the teacher was like write an essay I was like oh I don't want to write an essay but like now like I'm I'm like sometimes sitting here like reading right like I'll start writing and I won't even notice like I'm like three pages into like a doc and I'm like oh I just kept writing and it's like it's like it's like like stuff like that it's like I was even though like I thought that this was going to be hurting me but I've like I've grown into this person where I'm confident enough to like figure out new ways, always start growing, keep growing, not just getting stagnant. And I think that's the biggest thing is like for some some people, like for me personally, like at first I was just like, I was only doing one thing over, like anytime I felt stressed, I would do the same like self-care act. And I was like, okay, I'll just do this and I'll feel better. And it was like almost like, it's not like I wasn't doing it to make myself feel better. I was doing it because I was trying to make myself right. I was like, okay, I'm stressed. What do I do when I'm stressed? I do this. And if I do this, then I'll be unstressed. And I was like, that's not going to, that's not going to work. Like your, your body doesn't listen to yourself, like your mind, like it's different things. Like those things are not going to match up. And that's like one of the biggest things like I learned like throughout college, but now I'm learning even more during like lockdown and everything like that. So that that's, I think that's where I am with that. Um, Simran, if you want to add anything. Yeah, from-
1: um, my journey kind of started, I guess, it was like my first year of college when I, like not my first year of college, but my first year when I transferred to a new city. Um, so when I went to um, basically when I start when I moved to San Jose it was really hard at first because I didn't know many people I was very like nervous I'm a quieter person until you get to know me so when I get comfortable and talk to start start talking to people I get very comfy and then I'm able to talk to them but before that I'm not going to approach no one I'm really scared approach me I'm, I'm very approachable just approach me But um, I was really nervous at first going there, but also I have a twin sister and who I was literally always with. So the thing is like, I was so comfortable having a person next to me and being able to just have someone there would be like, it was just easier, but doing everything on your own was 10 times harder for me. It just like started to get to the point where I'm like, how am I going to continue on but I like eventually started to like find people like at school and like get to know them. And then that's how like I like had to get myself to become more open and be more comfortable with myself. And then along the journey, I think this year, mostly, I think I found myself a lot more um, during COVID and like the pandemic, like having being shut down. I went through probably the hardest part of my life this year. So because of that, I think I finally was able to find myself, find who I was, because I was sitting at home. Like it was mostly just for me. Like it was my time. It wasn't anybody else's time. I wasn't like trying to like go outside and like hang out with people to like get like it to like distract myself. So I needed to find myself in a way that I didn't think I could have. And um, and I so so for me I like think it's a good thing that we were in a pandemic because I think it like made me love myself ten times more than I have ever like had before. I'm like actually happy. Like I was like whoa, that's how that's who I am. Like whoa, I found myself. Like look at this. And so um, for me it was like I need to find that. Like I need to love myself how I used to love other people. And so I used to give everybody love, like love, 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 love. But it was draining me. So I was like, okay, let's reverse this. Like, make sure I have that 10 times. Sorry, I don't want to cry. But make sure I get that love first. And then whatever I have left, I can sprinkle it on to everybody else. So I think reversing that kind of like helped me become who I am today for my journey. Sorry, didn't want to cry,
2: but. I, mean, I think it's girl like our our self-care is non-negotiable like it's not selfish to take care of yourself and put yourself yes. first like put your like it's not I don't know who yeah. invented the rules but I like always put yourself first and I think we tend what to- I had to learn though
1: like learning yeah. to put myself first before I put others first like that was so hard to do I used to do that more I used to put everybody else first take care of them and then take care of me which mm-hmm. didn't help yeah, so that the fact that I like finally reversed it, I think really helped me go through it all. Like I think it just switched a like switched a button basically, even though it's not like that simple, but it kind of did. So really happy that that's what happened. That what that's what I found this year just being in a lockdown. Like I think I just needed that.
2: No, I'm so happy that that happened. It's really hard to put yourself first and just put yourself out there and yeah. just say no. But you have to sometimes say no to things that just for like, you know, preserve your sanity, you have to say no, I think that's a really important topic too, just to be able to just be like, no, like, I don't want to do it because I'm putting myself first. Like, that is something that I'm still learning to do. Like, I still can't, I'm still learning to say like, no, if you guys like, I don't know if you guys have been through that. But like, you guys have like, what did you guys kind of like do like, you know, taking your power and like? just using that energy just for yourself like protecting your energy it's still so, so like sensitive to me still and i like i need help so if you guys like have advice on that just to be able to just like say no to preserve your sanity like help a homegirl out <laughs> i think a lot of it has to do with like communication
3: with people around you um i think the more open you are about communicating who you are and what your journey is i think that sometimes being on a, you know, like self-care journey or self-love journey, it becomes very lonely and it becomes very, um, you realize that a lot of things about who you are and you realize people maybe you have, you've been surrounding with- yourself with, haven't been the people that you wanted to become. And because you are, you're the like the people that you're around, that's who you are as a person that you're like the average of the five people around you. Right. Um, and I think a lot of uh, the things I realized is I don't need to go out and, you know, party or whatever it is that everybody wants to do. Like sometimes if I have a low day, I have to say no to socializing. I'm a, That's how I recharge myself. Um, and some people recharge themselves by going out. So you have to really get to know yourself first and what makes you feel better. But then I think openly communicating with your friends is very, it's in college, it's hard because you want to be a part of everything. And FOMO is so real um, because you think like if, you're not there, you're going to miss out on something amazing. And maybe you will, but you're, there's going to be many other times that something amazing is going to happen. And I think just realizing that and openly communicating with your friends, like, hey, is it okay? And trust me, a lot of it is in your head that people don't care about your self-love journey and that they're not going to understand. But I mean, there's four of us here that feel the same exact way. So I can only imagine how many other people are feeling the same way. So being honest with those people around you and being like, okay, I'm like on this journey and I, today's not the day and that's fine. Like, and I think it's harder when people spill their problems on you though, because being an empathetic person, I know sometimes I feel like it says therapist on my head and people just want to say things to me. And then you have other people's trauma to carry, which becomes overwhelming too. Um, And you have to really step back and think of, where do you stand with this person? And can, do you have room in your life to take this on? And if you don't, you, you don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to help every single soul out there. And as human beings, especially people that are constantly giving, we always want to, but you have to draw boundaries. Boundaries are really, really important. Self-care and self-love. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the topic of boundaries with like brown parents and stuff too. So,
2: but yeah, I think communication is key. Oh yeah, you're right. And I loved what you said, like your self-care journey, like you do feel lonely. Like that's something that no one really talks about. Everyone's like, oh yeah, like I, like I found myself like, that's good. But like, it's also like, no one talks about the process. Like it's always the result, which is like really important for me. Like I'm the type of person that cares more about like the process and how I got there more than like the product or the result. So like there are hardships during like, there are hardships that everyone faces, like, during their self-care journey. Um, For me, it would probably be, like, you know, there there will be a day, like, where, like, I have all the energy in the world to, like, do all these things, like, my whole self-care, my skincare routine, and then meditating, and then doing yoga, and then journaling, but it gets exhausting sometimes. I'm just, like, I don't have it in me to do all this, but then it's, like, okay, if I'm not doing this, am I actually taking care of myself? But that's another thing, too, like, you know, self-care is literally what you make it. It's what you decide to do to make yourself feel, like, make yourself feel better. And so, like...
3: It shouldn't feel like a chore, you know? Yeah, it should
2: not feel like a chore. So it's, like, if I don't feel like, you know, doing, like, yoga or, like, journaling, I'm not going to do it. Like, self-care could literally be saying no to all that and watching Netflix after. Like, it could be, like, you feeling really anxious and just turning your phone off. It could be just, like, going for a walk. It could be anything. Like, when I was, like... Literally, if you asked me like last year, I would have told you that, oh, yeah, self-care means like putting a face mask on and having a spa day. But like it's not like that. Like it's, it's never been really like that. But I'm not going to lie. Like I do do that when I need to, like when I want to pamper myself, like that's also self-care. But then that's not the basic definition of what self-care is. So like like the next question for me would be like, what is like self-care to you or like what is self-love to you?
1: I can start off. Um, I can say for me, self-love is accepting who you are in every way possible. The good, the bad, the days that you feel ugly, the days you feel fat or the days you feel like the opposite. Also, like when you're like, oh, I'm looking skinny today. And or you're like, oh, I look good today. Like all those days, too. Like I want to make sure that like my mental state and everything else that comes with it is first so like I think that's self-love like I think just accept who you are like in that moment in every moment literally just make sure you put yourself first.
3: I would love to hear uh, Grinder's thoughts on this because I know guys really don't talk about it openly about like self-love and emotions and self-care yeah. like i i don't know you could do masks if you want but i think guys are really stray away yeah. from days
0: right <laughs> yeah so it's it is a bit like i'm um, that's more of like a stereotypical thing like i know like i don't i mean like i've 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 taken days where i'm like okay i'm just gonna legit do nothing like legit do nothing i maybe might go do like Go like enjoy myself for once in, in a week or something like that. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, I haven't cried. Like I haven't sat mm-hmm. there when things are really tough. Like when, when like classes are it's finals, almost finals week. And like you're, you're playing around with your GPA and you're like, oh, this my, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this in this class, like getting a B in this class. I was like, oh no. And just sitting there like I've, I've i said multiple times, like I'm not going to shy away from that because I think, I think being honest with yourself is the first thing of being like to to first to start loving and caring for yourself you have to be honest with yourself like you can't you can't tell yourself you you can't do something for yourself but then also think like i don't need this like i can take this away and i'll be fine because then then you're lying to yourself because like you can do your self-care you can do your self love but then like if in your back of your head you're like i can I'm doing this just because I I I want to do it, and it's not like I need it. And it's like that's lying to yourself, like sometimes in that moment. And it's like I think that's one of the biggest things for me is like you shouldn't have to lie to yourself to make yourself feel better. And I feel like a lot of people get into that trap where it's like, especially in brown communities. I know we're gonna go a little bit more, into, but it's like it's like it's almost like looked down upon if you if you like talk about if you have like depression or if you have mental health issues. It's almost like it's like you can't say it. Like you have to bottle it and. And that's like the worst thing you can do. I honestly, mm-hmm. speaking from like, from like the honest truth, like if you bottle stuff in, it's the worst thing. Like you have to find an outlet. Like if that's through your friends, if that's through writing it out, talking to yourself, if it's like, if it's seeing professional help, like that's, I think that's another thing that like it's not utilized or talked about enough is like, there is professional, like there's professionals in this field to help you and that's their job is to help you. And I feel like, like sometimes like that's just overlooked and it's like, that's just I mean that for me like I know we were talking about like I I caught myself a couple times before when I was like I would like my friends would come to me talk to me about like like what's going on like their stress levels and like their classes and stuff like that and like I'll start giving them advice right I'm not no I'm not no therapist but like' I'll start, I'll start giving them like personal advice right and then I like I'll just pause and be like I'm telling them all this stuff but like I don't do this myself and I'm like, why am I like, what is like, what is this? Like, I'm telling them like, oh, you should just take a deep breath. You should walk away for a little bit from like what you're doing. Like, come back, take like time between your studying. And, the, and I'm like, well, I'm just doing the complete opposite. And I'm like, I'm not listening to myself. Yeah. And like, that goes back to like, you shouldn't lie. To you. you have to be honest with yourself. And I think that's where, and like the stereotype like about like guys not being able to like open up is like, I think that's like, that's childish. And I don't know why that's like a stereotype. It's because like guys go through stuff it's not like we're we're immune to these type of things we go through like every it's like a human thing it's not like a guy or girl or anything or like any like, any person can go through it like it doesn't matter like if you're like anything so like it's i think that's where i i stand on that and um like self-care for me it's like anything i need to do right because all i like like i said i'd be sitting at like my computer desk now doing work and everything But like I'll like once I'm done with like a part of a lecture, I'm like, all right, I'm going to like lay on my bed for like five, 10 minutes, like watch YouTube or just like clear my mind. Like I I plan these things and that's self-care, even though you don't you're not planning it out, being like I'm doing like a hobby or anything, just being away from what you were doing. And if that's going to help you like reset yourself, like reset yourself before you go at it again, that's in my opinion, that's self-care and that's like that you're actually taking care of yourself. So that's that's where I stand about that just so you can maybe continue. about that. <laughs> um,
3: I love what you said about the, like, you, you give other people advice and stuff. And there's been situations where people come up to me and uh, they'll they ask me, like, like in college, when I was in college, like breakups and stress and all that was, and then I was like, what would you tell your best friend in this situation? Um, that's the advice that you need right now is like, what would you tell your best friend or your sibling in this situation? And then you realize that's exactly what I would I need to do for myself so I think Grindr, that was a great point like you can give all the advice to the world but if you're not you know practicing it, you realize okay I could I could be of use from this too um when it comes to self-love I think that was a very very tough um journey for me I think it's still a very tough journey because as a makeup artist as someone that's like trying to put my life out there on like social media is a huge thing uh, looking at social media continuously questioning like who we are how we look especially in this time I know everybody had so much time to be on social media everybody like dumbbells are sold out because everybody's becoming a gym you know fitness god and all this which good for you but I just wish um I started my self-love journey um I wish, wish I started it when I was younger and stuff but that's obviously doesn't happen in brown families because we're not taught that like um so a lot of it was, for me, was just learning on my own as to like what I love about myself. And it's like something that I love, you know, like learn every day. I am i don't think I fully love myself right now either. And I'm not gonna lie about, yes, I'm all like, you know, self-love and self, you know, care and all this. Uh, like uh, Harsimran was saying, like sometimes as an esthetician, I don't do my skincare routine. I sleep with all that stuff on my face. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And <laughs> that's enough for me as long as I made it through the day. Um, and a lot of it is like waking up. Uh, sometimes I applaud myself for just getting out of bed because I've had days where I was like glued to my bed. And, you know, if there's this term used like your depression room where like it becomes messier and messier and then and then I'll like hit a wall and I'll be like, OK, I'll just clean me cleaning just a little bit of my room sometimes is my self-love to me because I'm like, you need to get out of this. Like You need to like it's like pulling yourself out of a hole and when you learn to do that I think alone like I said very lonely and you realize okay that all you have is yourself like if you don't love yourself like no one else is going to do it for you and I think as I grow older I realize that more and more about loving myself and I try to be very like um intentional of the things I say to myself I know some as girls I'm constantly like, oh my God, I look so ugly today. Or like, I'll say like all these crazy things as I'm looking in the mirror and then I'll have to stop myself and be like, why do you say that to yourself? Like question everything that you are thinking about yourself. Like, would you talk to someone else like that? Would you say that to your best friend, you know? And because my eyebrows don't look good or whatever it may be that day. And it's just like, stop. Like, it's okay. You don't have to live. There's no standard you have to live up to. And that's when you truly start loving yourself is when you stop expecting all yourself to be perfect because I mean perfection is just so subjective it's not even a real thing um but it's always continuously put on our face I think and yeah so I I think it's a huge journey to love yourself and you're not going to love yourself every day I think we I don't want to create this like false perception of you're gonna start loving yourself and then you're never gonna have a bad day ever again you know Um, you're gonna have bad days still. You're still gonna have your depression naps where you don't wake up or you're gonna have anxiety attacks. But it's like in those moments as to how you have coped with the past to know that everything that you have been through has been temporary. I find myself during anxiety attacks to be like, okay, the last time this happened, it was temporary. This means this this time it's also temporary. So I continuously remind myself, everything is temporary, people, places, happiness it's all temporary and I think that's how I truly get myself through those days of like self-hate and then I start loving myself because I'm like okay this you need to do what is best for you in those situations so yeah
2: yeah yeah I agree especially with like what Grinder said and also what you said about like you're taking your own advice we tend to not do that like I had a situation where it's like I was like, freaky. I think I was just feeling burnout about school. It's kind of just like, I have, a. I make a to-do list like every day and I've been getting everything done. And then just one day I knew, like, I don't know why, like, I feel like, you know, yourself so much. So I was like, I know like tomorrow I, I'm not going to have a good day. Like I'm going to give myself an easier day. So like I wrote like less things to do, but then even the next day, like I couldn't even get those things done. Like I just did not have it in me. Like my body and my mind just weren't aligned at that moment and I was freaking out, and I, like, like, my friend, like, reached out to me. She was, like, girl, like, you write all these, like, because I, um, okay, <laughs> let me go back a little. um When, like, quarantine and all that started, like, I used writing as an outlet, and then I thought maybe I could, like, help others too and then me being the person I am like I decided to write like all my friends and my cousins like letters of like positivity and I like dropped it off out of outside their house or I mailed it and then I was like this is something I want to do like all the time but it's like I don't have it like I can't do it like I can't write a separate one for like 10 to 15 people like every month and so I was like okay maybe I can just do newsletters and just email it to everybody so I kind of like started these like positivity like newsletters and, like, I started off with just, like, writing it to them, and now I, like, write them to, like, over, like, like, 90 people, and, like, I don't even know, like, half of them, like, half of them just, like, I just, like, follow on Instagram, or they follow me, and so it's, like, it's kind of cool, like, I have that way, that's just just how I cope, like, writing, and so my friend was, like, girl, like, you write all these newsletters, like, You're like just read them. Like these are your words. Like these are your words that you use to help other people. They're use, they're there to help you too. Like they're there to like help you cultivate like with like your inner soul and stuff. And I was like, dude, you're right. Like I never even thought about it like that. Like I am like out here just like using my time and my way of coping to help others. Like, why can't I use it to help myself too? And so like we always tend to do that. We always tend to give each other or friends, family, like all the like the advice, but like we never take it ourselves. So like I kind of related to that. And then also what um, summing off of what Jesse said, like the whole point of like, like insecurities and like when you're like, you know, looking at your face, like there's not really a definition of a perfect face. Like I literally caught myself just staring at my face. and I'm like, okay, so once these two pimples are gone, I'll just focus on my dark spots and then I was like wait so what happens when I'm like when I take like like get rid of my acne scars then I'm gonna focus on this and then I'm gonna focus on that and it's just like girl like relax (laughs) I like took a deep breath I'm like what am I doing like I was just staring at myself in the mirror I'm like what am I doing like no matter what like we're never gonna be satisfied but at the same time it's like we have like I am satisfied with how I look because I love the way like I just, like, learned to love the way I looked, and, like, you can ask Simran, like, during our presentation for Bujungan, I literally called myself out, and because I was talking about vulnerabilities and, like, embracing your insecurities, and I literally just called myself out. I was, like, guys, like, I can't just, like, talk about, like, you guys embracing your insecurities, and, like, I'm not doing the same, so I literally told everybody. I was, like, yeah, I have a, I tend, I have a fake tooth, (laughs) so that was, like, some, and that was like a really big step towards embracing my insecurities and like it just I think this year was just a really good year for me like when it come like when it came to like self-love and so like self-love to me is more of like self-respect it's always gonna like you can't you have to respect yourself or else you're just gonna be super hard on yourself and, and like you're just gonna treat yourself like you are your own enemy and that's not how it's supposed to be you know like it's like cultivating and nurturing like all parts within, like Simran said, the good, the bad, the messy, it's just like, you know, nourishing like your soul and like making sure that everything you do, you do so you can get into like the right state of like mindfulness. And like, that's something that I learned. And um, it's just like the journey of it, like even like living in a brown household, like I think that's something that we should talk about because there's a big stigma on mental health when it comes to like living in a Punjabi household and so like for me oh my god I remember like freshman year I like told my mom I was like mom I think I'm depressed (laughs) and then she like took me to the doctor's office and like they they asked me all these questions and I was like wait what is this like I wasn't even like sure like if this was a good experience or a bad experience it was just like because freshman year I just like like, high school, I think it was just a really hard time, and then I think I'm just somebody that was a people pleaser, and I just relied on a lot of people in high school. Like, I'm not the person I am today, thankfully. I'm not saying, like, I was a bad person, but um, pretty much like that. So, like, how do we take care of ourselves in a brown household? Like, what steps do you guys go through, or, like, what are some ways that help you kind of stay sane and you know, living in the Punjabi community, because we don't really, I don't know, I don't want to talk about, like, in, like, all Punjabi parents, but, like, I feel like a lot of Punjabi parents don't really believe in, like, depression or anxiety, they don't think that, like, mental health is as important as physical health, so, like, how do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, so I can, um, so one of the biggest things for me is, like, um, I've seen this too like it's like so I personally know like a lot of like I've always heard like um I know you guys like the Ksan movement that's going on right now like it's like I always like every other day sometimes like almost like every single week out here like like it's like and it's usually because they were stressed and they had anxiety and they had mental and they were like because of like all the they there's like all like the debt they had on like the farms and it's like even though like those things like those things happen like we know like it's brought up a lot of times that like a lot of Kassan they 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 kill themselves because of the like they can't handle the debt they can't make the payments and they're they're stressed out and they have no outlet and it's like but like those things happen but yet it's still looked down upon in like the greater community which makes like no sense to me. It was like we are losing a lot like um, like a a lot of people to this like to mental health and i getting like getting stressed out getting depression and it's like but yet we don't acknowledge it it's like we only acknowledge what happens afterwards like oh they they like they died or they, they committed suicide and that's the only part we acknowledge we don't acknowledge like what happened to get there and i feel like that's like one of the thing in like the brown community is like we don't look at those things because nobody has like nobody in the past has looked at those things it's like, it's like if if you're sad or anything, because like, I've I've I mean, I can tell you personally, like, I've told my parents, like, this was like freshman year of college almost, I think it was like senior uh, year of high school. It's like, I told my parents that I was like, I was stressed out, and they this was their response, like, what are you stressed out about? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what am I st-? I'm Like, there's school, there's my personal life, there's my social life, I mean, there's all of these things, right? And they were like, I was like, that's not like, you, you. I was like, your stress is different than my stress because you didn't grow up in my shoe. Like, you didn't grow up the way I grew up. And I was like, and then I, and I, then I go back to, and I look further back and I'm like, it's not their fault either. It's like, they're like my dad, it was like, it was grown up into this thing of like, he can't have, like, he, he really didn't have an emotional side growing up. Like he just had to grow up, grow up, grow up. And like, eventually he, like his journey is way different. I mean, like I, I can't even, like, imagine, like, the things he went to, like, to, like, escape Punjab and, like, get to here, but it's, like, he was never able to, like, have that emotional connection with anybody, like, it, it was just, like, he had to grow up and, like, get out and, like, have to survive, 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 and it's, like, like, it's, like, I, that's why I don't blame it, like, he he did what he had to do to get where. but it's, like, it's different that way than how we grow up, like, me personally, like, I've <laughs> I've been through so many phases in my life, and I'm only 20 years old. And it's like, I feel like I've aged so much already since I started high school. Uh, I've started college, but it's, that's not, it's only been three years. Like this is my third year into college. Yeah. I feel like I've been in college for like years because of how much I've matured and grown in that time. And it's like, I think like my thing with my parents and like Brown community overall is like, this is my like kind of advice is like, it's even though like they don't believe it, like my parents do want the best for me. Right. It's not like they they're not telling me to like, oh, then like they, like they're not dismissing my stuff because they want to dismiss it. They're dismissing it because they want me to feel like they want me to feel better. They want me to like think that like they want me to trick myself into thinking like, oh, I don't have stress. Like, I'm like, what do I have to like stress about? Like, I'm I'm good. But like, that's not the way of doing it. Right. And it's like they don't know what because like even you yourself don't know what you have to do to de-stress yourself. So like you can't expect your parents who have never gone through what you're going through to like tell you like this is what you have to do to de-stress because like they haven't like they haven't gone through that and that's my big thing it's like you can't just like blame like parents being like blind to it or like Punjabi community it's like they just haven't gone through it and like some people have and they're a little bit more like they can see it they can tell you what to do but like I know my parents that's why I don't fault my parents for not like being like who they are because it's like yes like it's not right in some sense but it's like also I can't blame them because they don't know like it's just like you have to have those conversations and as I'm growing up I've seen that like if I sit down I have I like, talk to them tell them what I'm going through they start learning a little bit more like oh this is what happens like this is and like and I think that's the biggest thing and that's the key is like you can't just shut off your parents because then they're just going to be worried more and more about like what you're doing so that's my thing about like the brown community and that So if Simran or Jesse want to go.
1: I can share a little bit. My parents are a bit different, I guess you can say, towards like depression, anxiety and like the mental health stuff, Um, because my mom also goes through it. So she I saw it as I grew up what my mom was going through. And even though she tried to hide it very well, but you can't really hide it as much as you think you can, but you don't. when I was a kid, I don't really think I really realized it as much as I do now since I also go through it. And so I think also the fact that like me and my mom go through it in a different way really um, makes it kind of like interesting in our household because me and my mom will go at it at each other and she'll like yell at me, but I'll yell at her. And then I'm like, it's different. It's totally different. Like you don't understand what I'm going through. And she's like, but just tell me. And I'm like, no, I don't want to tell you. Like, I'd rather talk to somebody else. I don't want to talk to you. And like, she, even though, yes, my mom's older and she has probably gone through much, much like more things than I ever have. But like, I just still like, I know it's very different. Like she, she never really went to a, through like a heartbreak. Like she never gotten broken up with, like, they've only gotten an arranged marriage and and I like literally this year went through the biggest breakup of my life. And I was just like, mom, it's not the same thing. Like, you don't understand. Like when I was crying for three months, just sitting in my room, she was just like, kochka, like do something. And I'm like, just leave me alone. I just want to sit here in my bed and just cry. Like leave, just, that's all I want to do. Like, just let me just go through what I need to go through. Cause I think because of this pandemic it let me just sit here and just cry it all out. And it, she, like it just helps like when people say like it helps to cry it out it really does like just you just need to cry everything out. And so for me like the brown like having ours is just a bit different because she understands it Um, even like towards like us just going on a walk together like we both do it like we'll be both like do we should we go on a walk today like let's just go on a walk let's just do that. And then I think that also helps with me and my mom because we both just start talking literally just start talking to each other, even though I don't want to, didn't want to tell her, but for some reason, the walks just help, and we just, just spill out everything, or our long car drives, she'll, like, literally start, just, she'll say something angrily, but then she'll just, like, trying to get answers out, but you're just, like, um, can you say it a little bit nicer, and then I'll probably tell you, like, what, like, what, what's really going on with me, um, there's a, there's been a point where one time I literally had to pull over to the side of the road before we even got into like the parking complex. And I was like, start talking. What's going on? Cause you are not in the mood right now. And I am not sitting in this car when you're like this right now. And she was like, what? I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, yes, you are. We're talking right now. Literally I parked the car on the side of the road and she was just like, no, Samira, I don't want to talk to you. I was like, um, excuse me. You're the one that tells me to talk to you. So let's just like reverse this right now. You need to tell me what's going on. So for me, I think it's just a bit different in my family because I don't really have to hide it as much. I just go through it. And like, sometimes my parents are like, what the hell is she? Like, is she okay today? Like somebody go check on her. Like my sister is always like the person that would be like, is like poking me like are you okay and I'll be like yeah and then me and her will like go get Dutch or Starbucks or something and then like it feels much I'll feel better but you still like it's just very different in my household so I think I'm kind of very lucky that I it's not like stigmatized in my family like in my household and we're just like we go through it and we need to do it and like I love that the fact that my family supports it as well
3: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it's the more we've advanced in like, you know, in the States and stuff compared to Punjab, I think that's the situation for a lot of kids now, which is lucky. Um, I, however, did not have that situation. Um, I've, I think I've grown up in a very, like, we, you know, just brush it under the rug kind of situation. Like parents don't know about the breakups. Parents don't know about the, you know, other things that you end up doing in college and, um, I I had to stop myself from doing a lot of things in college because I knew what path I was ending up on. And because I was not in like the mental state to know even what was happening to me. So I would, you know, mask those and crutch on to other, you know, methods of, you know, self-medicating and whatever it may be, uh, have been. And my parents didn't know any of that. My parents didn't know, well, you know, why I wasn't waking up and doing things. And there were and then you get like labeled as she's just lazy she doesn't want to do anything she just sleeps all day <laughs> um so which is fine I think I, I don't blame them I I honestly as the older I get the more I studied um mental health the more I you know furthered my education in this field and stuff I realized like the generational trauma is very it's very real for them um they don't know how to express it they don't they truly don't know what's happening to them and I think the more we educate ourselves, we understand them. So I think at one point, it is our duty as children to create those boundaries, not just for ourselves, but for them. Um, I've been creating a lot of boundaries as to what my space is, you know, living with parents when you're 26 years old is very odd to other communities. And it's very normal amongst Punjabi communities. So it's just like those boundaries are very real. Um, uh, Sometimes I don't, I have become more vocalized than I was in college. I am more vocal when it comes to when I'm angry, and they'll be like, "Do you want bubble?" They're not being because and because I was never expressed it before. So for them, they were like in shock. They were like, "Why? Why is our good little kid saying something to us now?" It's because I masked it all these years. Um, I think with brown families, it's all about boundaries, and I know a lot of um, a lot of kids you guys out there don't have that option. You guys don't have the outlets and it's very real uh, but you know we're here to validate that that you know those things happen too not everyone has the privilege to have boundaries with their parents or have the privilege to have their own room and you know all these different things where they just can hide and stuff um, but i think when it comes to mental health with brown families it's very exhausting a lot of it has to do with like repetitive education um, especially in my family alcoholism is a really big thing um, when it comes to a lot of, like a lot of Punjabi families, no one, I don't think anybody talks about what the issue is or that it's a real thing. So I, I've realized like the more we educate them on like what the biological mechanisms are, what, like how people's sometimes depression, you need medication. Sometimes you need medication for anxiety or professional help and just educating them. They've slowly progressed to the point where they realize okay now our kids are educated in these fields and maybe it's time for them to listen and the older you get the better it gets but i sometimes stop myself and i truly when i'm angry at my parents and i think they don't understand this they don't they're never going to understand why like i feel like this and stuff but i have to truly stop myself and ask myself okay why as not as a parent i can't think of them as mom and dad i can't think of them as siblings i have to think why are they like that as a human being? And I think when you start questioning that and seeing your parents as a human being, things change a lot because you don't have the expectations of parental guidance and all that from them. You have to think of them, okay, this is a human being standing in front of me who has their own trauma. Like whether it's like for our dads that came to this country and at the age of 18 or however old they were and lost everything and they were here and the, or thinking of our mothers and the sacrifices they made, like Simmerman was saying, they've never had a heartbreak because they never had a choice to marry this man or, you know, like they never got to experience and that's why they don't understand it. For them, the most traumatizing thing, if I think of it now, was to have an arranged marriage where I didn't even meet the man, like that would be my situation is to be traumatized by that. So like, I think of that trauma and I'm like, yeah, they had their own trauma. And when I look at them as human beings, I truly understand where they come from. and that's where dialogue is created. I asked, I'm slowly getting to the point where I ask my parents questions about what they've been through in life, and I think it also comes with as uh, when they stop thinking you thinking of you as a child, um, which sometimes never happens because you're always going to be a baby in a brown household. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, create your boundaries as much as you can, as much as privilege you have to do that, um, whether it's like. Um, letting them know like this is the time I'm gonna nap or this is the time like when I have to do my homework. Um, I know with the pandemic right now you'll see like Punjabi parents like those memes are always going on like someone's talking in the background of a zoom call like you need to say like this is my time this is my education this is my space and letting them understand that um, a lot of open dialogue a lot of open communication sometimes it doesn't work and that's just part of being up and down be your brown kid like it's not always going to work for our parents and but i think a lot of it is understanding them because we have the privilege of being educated on these uh, things now so truly try to understand who they are as human beings
0: yeah I, before we move on I, like the boundaries thing i think is very important because like i've personally came like now into like seeing this like firsthand it's like So I'm like I I transferred to Davis first I was at a community college for my first two years, so I just transferred to Davis so like. doing Davis online is different than doing a Community college online like that's 100% so like my mom like she she usually was like she usually doesn't like she'll like wake me up past a certain point in like in the day and i'm like you can't start you can't do that anymore like i'm like i'm i'm wake. like i was like i'm awake until like two three in the morning doing stuff like i'm like you can't wait start me waking me up at like nine o'clock i was like that's that's not gonna work like i need my sleep because i think like that's one of the things that like a lot of people look over is like sleeping is a self-care like you have to get sleep in like you can't be doing this like just you're like you you like you do nothing the whole day they start working at, like 12 o'clock and now you're up until like six and then you got a class at eight and now you're like sleeping for an hour and then it's like you have to like set out like time for you to like sleep. I think like the, I know that's common knowledge, but like, I know a lot of people personally that don't do it. And I'm like, you guys have to start getting more sleep into your like schedule. Like you can't be surviving like 72 hours uh, going 72 hours and only sleeping like 15 of those Like that's not how, like you're not gonna function right. Like, I'm sorry to tell you. And it's like those like sleeping things and it's like boundaries help so much like, like the first week my mom was like waking me up at nine. I was like, you can't, you just gotta, this gotta stop. Like, like she's like knocking on my door and everything. I'm like, this, this, you can't do this no more. Like this, this is that like before that was fine. But like, now I was like, I need to sleep until I need to sleep. And then I'll wake up when I have to wake up. Like, there is no, like these are boundaries. And she's like, starts asking like, I was like, you don't understand what I'm going like. I am working. I'm not sitting here doing nothing. I was like, yeah, I might not do anything during the day, but I was like, at least I'm working. Like, I'm like, I start working a little bit later, but I'm like, I I, don't, I, I it was like I'm still learning how like Davis works how the workload works I'm like I, I something that would take me like an assignment that would take me like an hour before is now taking me like two three hours I'm like I didn't plan that it's just how it goes like I'm dude, I, I am I going like I'll be an hour in I was like damn that was supposed to be like an easy assignment this turns out to be like a three four hour thing and I'm like okay then that was not easy and I was like so it was like I got like boundaries are so important I think in a in, in a brown family and it's like at first your parents are going to be like yo like why like why like why are you pushing us away and they're like but eventually they'll come around to like understanding and like something like with my parents like i've seen it with like my dad he won't say yes the first time around when i say something like he won't acknowledge it he won't say yes he won't say oh he'll be like De kuge. and that's like when i get that answer that's basically like a yes but not like not this conversation i'm not getting a yes but like next time we talk about it it'll be a yes but like it'll be like it's like it's like a little bit like eventually your parents will come around it is that you just have to keep going at it you can't give up yourself that's like that's my thing
2: okay and then for me I like feel like you know when we were in quarantine we took time for ourselves and I'm like okay my parents are in quarantine too like why like let's just try to see I kind of like I didn't force my parents to like take on their journey of self-love but it's kind of like okay like mom dad like You guys have the time to yourself, too. Like, you guys should start doing stuff for yourself. And, like, I think it's just, like, they're not used to taking care of themselves. They've always been used to taking care of others. That's just how it is. Like, you know, our grandparents or, like, grandmothers just have been brought up, like, at such a young age. They were married at such a young age. And they, like, left their own family to take care of, like, a whole, like, different family. Like, a family that they haven't really gotten to know yet. And that itself is just insane like if i'm thinking about it now like if i was married off to like a random family right now like i'd probably go insane and they probably went insane too but it's like i don't know how they did it like it's just their willpower was really really strong and i think that's kind of where it really stems off of because they just they didn't understand they they've never really understand understood what it meant to like take care of yourself because they were always constantly thinking about others like okay like what sub do you have to make today for my in-laws or like oh my god like I have to make sure like my the room's tidy and all that stuff like it's constant chores like tour after tour and like some of them didn't even get the privilege of an education and so that's kind of like where it all starts from like they just didn't understand what it meant to take care of themselves unless like were different but like it just like everyone like kind of is the same in that aspect i feel and so like i think that's just how it is from generation to generation but thankfully i feel like this generation like i think we're we're doing really good with the like breaking the stigma of like mental health imagine how the next generation is going to be too like like i feel like where we are and what we're doing right now is like really amazing like we're having like this conversation itself like you know i can't see like my like Nani me having a conversation like this with her friends like we are right now it's pretty amazing about how like how much the frequency has changed from the past to now and so I think for me I'm I think I'm more sensitive because my parents for some reason I'm think I'm really thankful but they understand like mental health like my mom will be like okay I see you're upset we're going on a drive and we'll go on a drive, like we'll listen to music, like she'll like be singing and dancing, trying to like cheer me up. And it works because she knows who I am. I think she actually kind of knows me more than I even know myself sometimes. And that kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I'm blessed that like I have someone like that. And so like even my dad, oh, my God, my dad like takes care of himself so much he like drinks like this lemon water every morning and he won't even stand and drink it like he'll pose like he'll do like he'll be on the ground squatting and he'll drink it I don't know I guess it has something to do with like your digestive system or something and my mom
0: does the same thing
2: okay I'm so glad I'm alone (laughs) (laughs) no and then he'll like be like doing his yoga and like he actually stretches he goes running like every day and so like you know like I feel like even like self-love like really resided in like, them, too, like, during this quarantine, and I love seeing that, and, like, for my nanny, like, I try to get her to do stuff, but she, she's not into, like, the painting, and, like, you know, the dressing, like, no, I figured it out, she likes dressing up, and she likes taking pictures, so I figured out what her self-love is, so I take her on these photo shoots and everything, and I love taking pictures of her, she's so happy, she'll, like, pose like this, and she's, like, okay, i gonna make a video of me, like, throwing the leaves <laughs> and stuff, and so, like, I think we have the gift to receive love but also give love and like I think that's something that is really important in a brown household like because believe it or not like our parents like they won't show it but they really really love us like they wouldn't just like move it like to a whole different country if they didn't like think above like think of us like they thought of us that's the reason that we're here today so like Jesse said we kind of have to like think about it in their perspective and like that's kind of just where it starts from so like you know I don't know (laughs) like I just like I don't know where I'm going with this but (laughs) that's just like what I was thinking and so like from there just like the last thing I wanted to talk about is like you know with finals coming up like you two like you guys have done like you know college and everything so like what was like what were some mechanisms that you guys took to um just like deal with like finals even if it was like in high school or if it was now like anything you've learned that really helped when you were like most stressed or um you know there's just so much going on like just the whole like finals testing school like any of that like what are some advice you would give us
1: well during finals week i remember it was like one of our toughest times ever i remember that we would all like i think just going to the library or with like a group of people that's what I used to do was I used to like our group of friends even though none of us had the same major or same classes just having people surrounded by us to like support you and be like yes we're gonna get through these finals together like I know it's the hardest time ever but we're gonna get through it um I think just being around certain people People or like your friends like kind of helped me go through some stuff. Sometimes our breaks like I remember because our student union had like a uh, bowling alley right underneath it, so we would most likely like our breaks like even if it was like a thirty minute break, we would literally all just go play bowling really quickly just to like like de stress ourselves, just like make sure we have a little bit of fun before we get back into it. A couple things that I think I did by myself when I was in quarantine, um, I started to just take breaks and like either go on my phone and TikTok started at that time. So I got very addictive to TikTok. And so I think me just going through it a couple of times, seeing some funny videos, just like letting me just like have a couple of minutes to myself during just doing that really helped me just like de-stress myself. But then I'm like, okay, I got to put this away, turn it off and then just start like start my work again. Um, But I think just just try to do something that like you enjoy before you get into like all of your stressful things, Um, even if it's like just a drive to get like your favorite like Starbucks drink or your Dutch drink or whatever is next to you. Um, or just driving to like go get your favorite food really quickly like your lunch break like go get your favorite food just something so that you feel just better like I always want to just go get a coffee really quickly because I just like even though I could make it at home but if something that just will make my day like a little like better perkier or something I'll just go pick up my favorite coffee like I think it's it just yeah, it just makes me feel better. I'm like, yeah, got a little coffee from somebody, like with Starbies. you know, that TikTok reference, got my little Starbies. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just, I think just doing something for yourself before you start off like your full on study session, I think that
3: it just helps to do something for you. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm trying to think back to college and I was not a good student. I'll be honest. I was, I don't know how I made it through a master's program. I don't know how I have a degree. (laughs) Like I was one of those kids. Um, I think there was a time where I used to be really, really stressed about grades and I used to be like, Oh my God, I'm the worst kid ever because I couldn't get a college degree and all this stuff. Um, But then during finals, I had to always keep reminding myself like it this grade does not validate or value like who how intelligent you are like this grade is never going to yes it matters because you know like when it comes to like med school and like all these other majors like your grades do matter but like it doesn't change the value of a human being like it truly doesn't make you any less than someone else that's aced every single final and I think truly like understanding that about yourself like you're not any less intelligent as a person sitting next to you just because you didn't get a really good grade on um, an exam and stuff that doesn't mean don't study don't that's keep studying guys um <laughs> just because I was a bad student doesn't mean you have to be <laughs> but um, I'm also like very into humor and like comedy so I'll watch like I love um, stand-up comedy so I'm, I'll watch like the stupidest things that'll make me laugh and I'm like okay like that's funny um another thing for me and I think my family knows this is like I'll just be like silly dancing. I think we forget how much movement changes who you are and your mood. And I could just be like, um, walking around and like, I'll just break out into like a little dance. That's like super silly. And I'll go show my sister a new t- stupid TikTok dance. I learned and, you know, just it's being really loud and obnoxious and being childlike. I think we forget that it's okay to be childlike and keeping that inner child in you alive. Um, whether it's like, you know, uh, when I was in college, I cooked a lot, I baked a lot under stress. So I remember this one semester during finals, I baked like a hundred cupcakes and passed it out to everyone I knew. Um, people loved that. And if that's your thing, that's fine. You have to remember to take breaks, uh, water breaks, movement breaks, get up and you, you're you not gonna, in the 20 minutes that you take a break, you're not gonna forget everything and you're not gonna remember everything on the paper. It's just 20 minutes. Um, and truly depend, you know, reaching out to your resources, you if you know, if you have an older sibling, if you have friends that have already gone through college, like me and Simran have like reaching out to those people and be like, maybe they they can teach you whatever you're studying in a different way. Um, But yeah, I think you have to be silly sometimes. And you have to, it's okay to scroll through um, Instagram, like your screen time. It's okay for a day to just take a break and watch stupid things and watch puppies on YouTube. Um, (laughs) That really helps me. Um, I love dogs and I will be like, okay, let me look at a puppy and that'll make me feel better. Get those, anything to get those endorphins going, you know, (laughs) Uh, like Simran said, like Starbucks, if you're into coffee and looking a lot of people are really into if they look good, they feel good. So I remember I used to, on my final days, um, I would actually, dress up and um paint my nails because i was like okay if my nails like when i'm doing my exam if my nails look good i will feel better and it was just like an all mental thing and sometimes it does work if you just look better and all that i've noticed that makes a difference but yeah i'm i'm really big into like movement doing silly dances and just being a child um screaming around my house and making weird noises and
2: all that (laughs) It's like, I just need to let everything out and just, like, scream as loud as you can. Yeah.
3: So do the running man while you're, like, just standing <laughs> in the room. Watch yourself be silly. And...
2: Or, like, you have your flashcards, but you're, like, dancing at the same time. You're just, like, yeah,
3: <laughs> Yeah. Or, like, make a silly song about, like, finals and stuff like that. All that helps. Everything helps. Uh, just know that whatever happens, it's going to happen at the end of the day. Like, you're going to be fine. You you failed an exam. You're going to be fine. It's yeah um sometimes we feel like it's the end of the world but it's not you'll just retake that class and like I said it's all temporary
2: you'll get through it (laughs) no I think that too I was like oh my god it's the end of the world I didn't do so good on this test but yeah and
3: like I said I was not a I was not the greatest student I still have a master's degree so somehow I made it I'm sure everybody else can make it
2: yeah, and like I said it's on, it depends on the process of it like you know you got your degree but it's also what you learned in the process of you know you getting your degree to like during your yeah. college years and that's something really important to think about because like I'll be stressing and it's like oh my gosh like I need this A but then it's like what steps did I take to get this A like and it's kind of just like knowing yourself again like when I like mentioning the practice of reflecting like I have you have to reflect as a student too and think about okay like how do I best study like how do I best like implement everything I'm learning right now to my daily life as well and it's pretty cool to like explore all these different like studying techniques and stuff and like figuring out what works best for you and so like that's also something that helped me through yeah you know doing online schooling through like (laughs) like during this pandemic it's just kind of like okay like what works best for me and like I learned that like doing that one technique where it's like 25 minutes and then five minute break and then another 25 minutes like that works for me and like what works for me too is like I turn my phone off like for three to four days like when I have finals and stuff and like I don't turn it back on until like after I take my final or my midterm and it just helps for me because I know when I go on TikTok I won't leave for like a good 30-40 minutes like it's so addicting it's like okay one (laughs) one more and it's like okay I can't so I like turn my phone off that's just how I like study and something really vital to know is like you have to like not stress about the future you can't think like okay I need to get this A so I can get into like so I have a good GPA and that GPA will get me into grad school and then once I have grad like get hit grad school then I can do this and do that like I think it's more of like living now and then living then it's kind of just like trusting future self to handle your future problems and that's something that you have to keep in mind when you're going through all the anxiety and all the stress. I know it's hard because it's like the stress takes over, but I've learned to use that nervousness and that stress and all those all that tension into like and build it up into excitement and be like, "Okay, I'm really excited to take this test like, you know, I have the privilege to like learn and educate myself and I'm going to take that to, you know, into like real life." And so like that's like one thing about, about being a pre-med you get to like learn about the body and I think that's really cool that because like you actually get to use that knowledge into like your future like whatever job you decide to do so it's kind of just like building up off that like stress and turning it into excitement and that's just like what I've learned to do because we all get those like before like five minutes before you take your midterm you get really really nervous and it's like you forget everything you've learned and it's like I hate that and I'm trying so so hard to like (laughs) like clear my mind it's really hard it's so hard so something I learned is just to not study an hour before the test like I'm not looking at anything an hour before the test because I learned that it just freaks me out even more so like I said you have to know yourself to love yourself to get build your self-confidence and that's just like how it is so that's my input on it like Grindr do you want to Sure. Yeah, I,
0: I, I can just end off real quick. So um, I just want to reiterate, like, how Simran and Jesse said, like, taking breaks is key. Like, I, like, the biggest thing for me is to take, like, put it into perspective, like, don't tunnel vision yourself being, like, all right. This is the final I have this day. This final I have this day. This day. and it's like the only thing you're focused on is like studying for those finals, and the only thing like you revolve your whole day around is like your study schedule and the final that's coming up. Like, the final's not gonna move. Like the final is a set date. Like you don't have to worry. Like that's gonna happen next week. That's just be in the day that you are. Like I think that's the biggest thing for me is like. I've caught myself multiple times thinking about like, all right, I need this grade on this test to get me the grade in this class, which will give me the grade on my GPA. And then I I go into like this freak out mode where like I'm on like GPA calculator and I'm like thinking about, and I'm like searching up like what GPA I need for like what grad school. And I'm like, stop, like just stop. Like, what are you doing? Like you're going too far into this. Like it's just one class out of like 20, 30 classes you're going to be taking. Like just, just take a deep breath. You'll be fine like just reset yourself. And I think I think that's the biggest thing is like some people like when it does come finals week, that's the only thing on their head is like finals. Like they they won't like pay attention to their family, they won't pay attention to like anything else like their like other part of their life like outside of school. Like nothing else matters. It's just like finals are coming up. I have to focus on finals. And I think that like for me, I think that's one like that I can't do that personally because like if I only think about finals and like that's the only thing that's revolving in my head over and over and over again at a certain point, like, I'm just going to get, like, super sad, or, like, super, like, just, like, out of it, and be, like, what am I even doing? Like, why am I even doing this? Like, like, I'm in, like, organic chemistry, so, like, if I am just keep thinking about organic I'm just, like, I am going to be the most boring person in my, like, my entire life if this is how I'm, like, this is how I function, because I was, like, I, nobody wants, like, I was, like, when I'm around, like, and the thing is, like, my mom catches it, like, right away, like, I can go downstairs and go get a glass of water, and, like, she like, I don't even notice it, but like, she'd be like, something's off with you. Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Like, what what, what do you mean? I'm like, nothing's wrong. And she was like, no, something's wrong. Like you, you're not you. And I'm like, I'm just coming for a glass of water. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, she was like, like, what? And I'm like, then I like, then I, then I talked to her be like, oh, my finals are coming. She's like, oh, that's like, then it's like, then I start catching myself. Like, that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm only focused. Like my, even though I'm walking downstairs, to go get a glass of water. Like my head's still here on my desk. Like staring at my screen staring like looking at my notes and that like that's like tunnel vision and like i think that's the one thing like i've worked on a lot is like not don't get that tunnel vision like that's the only thing you're focused on come that week or come those two like the week you're preparing for it and like the week that it comes so that's my biggest thing um i think we've it's been a pretty long episode but it's like been super super i'm grateful for this conversation and this episode um so many great things, so many great discussions were had. Um, again, I just want to thank you, Simran and Jesse, for coming on, and Sahar Simran for hosting. Um, again, this is uh, available on our Instagram and then also on our Sound uh, SoundCloud, uh, same thing as our Instagram username, uh, jmc.ucd on, Insta- on SoundCloud. If you don't want to watch the video version, there's the audio version for you guys. Um, but other than that, I think I think that's gonna do it. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us and giving you the insight that you guys gave. Um, but yeah, so
1: thank you for having us. Yeah,
0: thank you for having me. With that, why you Why you
1: Why you